Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 572, air date April 15th, 2020. Uh, frankly, um, the lack of appreciation for skill and science and math and engineering and physics and people who are adept at something. And I think that would be very valuable, Jim. So at the outset, I think it'd be good for people to really understand what my background is. I, I'm pretty humble about talking about it, but everyone says you should emphasize in each show that I do. So just to give you the background, um, you know, my PhD is in a field called uh, systems biology out of the MIT Department of Biological Engineering. Now that department did not come into being until 2003. I was one of the first graduates out of that department and we should talk about why that came. After I graduated, I did a very um, uh, new thesis of solving a problem which even at MIT people did not think was solvable, which was creating a technology platform to model the entire human cell. Completely uh, a new methodology because it's a revolutionary technology and that technology is called Cytosolve. That was my PhD work. Uh, just to give you an understanding, 50% of the people who take their MIT PhD exams fail. They don't get their PhD. You can count the number of people in the world who get their PhD at MIT. Uh, in fact, getting into an undergraduate degree at MIT is quite a big thing, which I was very humble and I didn't really talk about. You know, Out of the hundreds of thousands of people who apply, about a thousand get in. I was one of the 1,040 students who came in in 81. And in fact, I was a three out of the 1,040 who was featured on the front page of MIT when I walked in for inventing the first email system in the world. You know, before I came to MIT. Uh, after MIT, after my undergraduate degree, I went and worked at a company where I created one of the first, uh, was one of the senior engineers at a company that created one of the first presentation graphic system or predecessor to PowerPoint that got sold to what was now known as IBM. Then I came back and I did my master's at the MIT Media Lab in the early ways to do scientific visualization of very complex data. And then I, that was my master's. And I also ended up getting another master's in applied and theoretical mechanics and really understand wave propagation in materials. And everyone wants me to do a thing on 5G and I'm putting that together, but I understand wave theory. And then I went and started another company to analyze email uh, after winning a competition for the White House. And I built that company at around 250 million in value and that was a company to analyze email for the biggest Fortune 1000 companies in the world. We built a technology, what you would call AI, we call pattern analysis. Then after that, I came back to MIT in 2003 to pursue my PhD in this field called systems biology. And after that, I ended up winning one of the prestigious Fulbright scholarships, took two years off to India to study the integration of Eastern and Western medicine. And that was featured on the front page of, the, of MIT because people found it interesting. A guy with four degrees wants to go back and study traditional systems of medicine. I was also nominated for the National Medal of Technology and Innovation. Uh, uh, which the United States president gives away. And um, uh, I, most recently I was invited to present the prestige lecture, lecture at the National Science Foundation. And you can go and look at my resume. A guy like me typically uh, would sit around academia in a very lofty position and uh, be stayed, but that's not who I am. The position I took was very different. I built my own research institution. I went and did my own innovations. I made you know, tens of millions of dollars by inventing. So this gives me a significant distance from owing anything to anyone. So I think those credentials are important to understand. I've written many books. Um, I get invited all over the world. I'm recognized as one of the leading people in the field of 
precision and personalized medicine and one of the leaders in on the immune system um, medical doctors to everyone listening I would say a fraction of them maybe one percent of them understand the immune system they're not qualified the immune system is a very complex system and that's why the field of systems biology came in 2003 when the human genome project ended people recognize something very very important they recognize that um, we didn't have a systems level view of the body everything up until 2003 is focused on genes 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 people are trying to gene hunters oh let me find the gene for causing this disease let me find the gene for causing this disease so on so in 1993 the united states government with many many other countries decided to do what was known as a human genome project and the human genome project was to take the entire human genome and map it out find out every gene in there oh this gene is for the nose this gene is for the ears you see what i'm saying map out we had done it for a worm by 1993 we knew how a worm had around 20,000 genes so now it was wow let's go after the entire human genome and you have to understand when the human genome project started people thought that the human genome had about um, you know uh, a million genes all right because the reason they thought a human genome was they said wow look at how much more complex than we are as a lowly worm well when the human genome project actually ended um, in uh, 2003 about it turns out we only have 20,000 genes okay so this literally flipped biology on its head um, Jim in a significant way because people said whoa we have the same number of genes as a worm how can this be right we, we should clearly have more genes and so fundamentally what people realized was wait a minute it's not the number of parts that make the difference you see biologists are focused on the parts they understand little parts you win a Nobel Prize just for understanding a protein a interacts with protein B you can win a Nobel Prize for that but you're not incentivized to understand the whole complexity of the whole physiome so that led into a field called systems biology where people said you know what we have it all wrong it was a revolution in biology took place in 2003 and that revolution was we need to start connecting all the dots to create a whole framework of the human body as a part of that in 2003 the National Science Foundation said could we create a way to mathematically understand all the molecular reactions in the human body so think about that if we could mathematically model the chemical reactions in the human body you know what we could do we could actually understand disease on the computer how do we build an airplane today we don't throw a test pilot in and say fly this you know here's my new wing kill 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 him no everything's done on the computer we test all different wing designs and then we say wow that looks like it's working because we understand Bernoulli's law we understand physics and then we go to a wind tunnel we build a little model and then we don't kill too many pilots anymore but the way pharmaceutical companies do medical research they simply shoot in the air they say ah, I think this is doing something in a test tube let me go kill you know hundreds of animals then they get allowance by the FDA after six years of doing that and they go phase one phase two phase three tests typically go to some poor people and they pay the money to do tests on them all right that's a pharmaceutical development model it takes around 13 years so the the reason this was important if we could use a computer to model complex um, chemical pathways we could predictively understand you know what that vaccine that drug this thing could cause toxicities and we could alleviate a lot of human suffering in fact we could understand how combinations of natural products work which is what my interest was because I grew up in India and I saw this profound uh, set of events where my grandmother 
would look at your face, predict what was going on in your body, and she would mix proper things to do that. And that was called a different system of medicine known as Siddha, okay? So that was my interest. And here, MIT created this beautiful department called biological engineering, which was saying, just as chemical engineering was the equivalent of chemistry, we needed biological engineering to understand biology, to understand how we could engineer biological systems. So I was one of the first graduates. It's a, it's a very new field. So what people need to understand is, frankly, I know more than Fauci on this. I know more than probably 99% of the MDs on this because it's a field that of systems. So I study systems. I've published in you know, peer-reviewed journals like Nature Neuroscience, which a handful of pe scientists in the world you know, you know, would die to publish in, published in Cell. So you're looking at an accomplished scientist uh, and the problem to many of these people, very dumb people in mainstream media, little children, they, find, they can't comprehend. A guy like me can articulate, is reasonably good looking, can talk, has all my degrees that blows their mind, it doesn't compute for them. Because you're typically supposed to be a nerd who can't talk, you're typically supposed to be someone who does not fight for other people. So they find it hard to handle a triple threat like me. So you see denigration in the media, people trying to deny that I created the first email system. Idiots like at the New York Times, two-year-olds. People trying to denigrate me, trying to call me an anti-vaxxer. When in fact, the first paper I put out was beyond vax, anti-vax, that we need to take a personalized systems approach. So these people have a major problem with me because you're looking at someone who's a serious scientist and has played with the best in the world, including Nobel Prize people. So I find it a very interesting opportunity now to be here at this moment in history where I think we're at an inflection point. We're at a point where there's massive corruption in the media, there's massive corruption in science, there's massive corruption uh, in all the major institutions. And so I think the mainstream media are some of the most ignorant people on the planet. And many of these people wouldn't even be qualified to be a student in an undergraduate class that I would teach. So any, everyone listening out there, um, I'm going to start a series, you know, maybe we'll talk about it. We're going to start taking these journalists and we're going to start taking these journalists down. We're going to look at their resumes, what their backgrounds were, the nonsense that they're writing and rip it apart from a scientific basis and really show the connection of many of these journalists to the organizations they belong to and how those organizations directly tie into power, profit and control. Now others like one of my mentors Noam Chomsky has done this in you know, Manufacturing Consent. Robert McChesney has done this. This is not a uh, old topic. It's always been done in academic circles. We're going to take it mainstream. We're going to go after these fake journalists, after the fake scientists, after the fake historians in a very, in a very direct and um, vicious manner because these people are actually not doing journalism. They're basically doing propaganda. So I think we can talk about that in this context. Why? How dare anyone attack someone of my credentials who's busted his ass, who came from working class background, who's earned everything that I have. And it's time that we go after these people because what's really exciting is that the alternative media, I mean, I think our followers are growing exponentially, not even exponentially, is because the alternative media uh, is, is putting to shame these so-called journalists. Well, it doesn't seem to come from the top that everybody's following Fauci. It seems that, that the medical community has embraced Fauci and that the, the, the line is that 
this is the perfect guy for the position. Trump is trusting Fauci, um, but you are the anti-Fauci. <laughs> You're basically saying that virtually everything that Fauci is saying is wrong. So I guess I'd, I'd like to kind of start there. First of all, do you have any relationship with Fauci? Do, do you know each other on a personal level? No, I never met the guy. Never met and him. What, never and met what, him. And what would he say about your credentials? Would he acknowledge that, yes, someone in, in Dr. Shiva's position well, is... Well, the issue is, why are we... Let's talk about his credentials. What are, what are Fauci's credentials? Tell us. He couldn't even get into MIT. He had to go to Cornell. Cornell's a nice school. He couldn't get into MIT. I'm sorry. Okay, I have four degrees from MIT. So okay, why is why is Fauci in the position that he's in? Because that's it. Now you're talking a good question. Why is uh, the mainstream media have so much influence? Why is Fauci where he is? Now we're talking to a good question. Let's talk about that. And why is no one questions this guy? How long has this guy been here, Jim? He's been there since Reagan. He's an including in Trump, by the way. So it's everybody, including Trump, is trusting this guy right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. Um, look. There was a time when 97% of the people thought that the sun went around the earth, right? That did take place, right? And uh, one guy had all the data which said that's not true. Well, the fact is the sun doesn't go around the earth. The earth goes around the sun, there are facts. The fact is that the immune system, we're all a bunch of walking bucket of germs, 380 trillion viruses inside of us, as I keep saying, uh, 60 trillion bacteria, we're, we're a germ factory. We're, we microbes are our friends. Uh, to think that, uh, to think, uh, let me just turn this off. To think that uh, germs and viruses, and microbes are not part of our ecosystem is basically a fake, a a fear mongering scientific understanding of everything we know about science. The microbes, everything we're talking about, is a part of of who we are. And they will always be a part of who we are. We're never going to eliminate viruses. We're not going to eliminate any of these viruses. They're going to be here for a long time. So I, I hope that's clear. So the first thing we need to step back is realize that we've been imbued with Hollywood, with movies like Pandemic, all these movies, that viruses are some boogie monster. It's like sort of the last boogie monster left, okay? And that these viruses somehow come and they attack our bodies and they eat away our eyeballs or they eat away our liver or they eat away our heart, right? Remember when Ebola was coming out? What was the news? Oh my God, the guy's bleeding inside and out. You almost thought that this virus was getting in and eating away your body, right? I'm sure that's what you, I'm sure that's what 99% of the numbskulls on mainstream media thought because these people, again, don't know science. Um, you know, they're basically taught in the mainstream media to write something, their editors scratch it out, and they're taught to be good little lapdogs, and then their publishers own it. So, but the bottom line is, that's not what it is. The truth is, the scientific truth is, that it's an overreactive immune system, a dysfunctional and weakened immune system that overreacts and attacks parts of your own body in response to exogenous pathogens coming in, which are occurring at every moment in time. In every millisecond, we're being right. So in the normal case, the immune system gets it, and you don't even think about it. You have proper nutrients. You maybe get a little sniffle. Sometimes you know you scratch your eyes, right? These are all little immune processes taking place. In the advanced dysfunctional state, your immune system attacks and it, and eats itself, starts eating itself, and this is a very complex system. And I'm one of the leaders in this. This is why the National Science Foundation had me come and do a the prestige lecture on it. So people want to know about the immune system, 
let's invite Mr. Fauci and let's have me. And let all the world, let him bring all of his scientists. Let him bring every scientist on the NIH and I'll take them all on to talk about what's going on. That's how confident I am in my expertise. Just like if you were a, you know, a senior level mechanic who knew something and you had a bunch of little children running around, you would say, yeah, bring it on. Okay? Because I know what I'm talking about. This would be like telling a master, you know, who's a karate master, that you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what we have. We have little scoundrel mainstream media running around who don't know science, who frankly can't even solve a math problem, most of them, telling a guy of my level of credentials who's busted his butt to get here that they try to brand me as something. So, but, Dr. What, what, sorry, what confuses me is it's not just about... Uh, Fauci and U.S. media. This is around the globe. Every country around the globe seems yeah. to have reacted in the same way to this, which is with this essential total shutdown. Right. So, 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 no so Shivas anywhere that are being listened to? Yeah, there are. Uh, if you look at how many people have signed up our petition, and I hope you've looked at it, nearly seventy thousand people have. Nearly three thousand medical doctors, scientists all over the world. A lot of people, but none of these governments are listening. Well, what you have to understand is who is the government these days? Who runs these governments? We have seen a consolidation of power um, as never before. Technology helps. Look, when the printing press came, you remember when the printing press people talking about the Gutenberg printing press? This is a quite an interesting thing to understand the history of technology. You know, a guy like Den uh, David Noble talks about this when the printing press came. Many people thought, oh my God, the printing press is here. We'll all be able to print, right? All of us will be the press, right? We'll all have the ability to have more freedom of discourse and discussion, etc. That was a notion of when a new technology like the printing press came. What actually happened over time, what should have been a technology for freedom, got consolidated to four major publishing houses, right? Four major publishing houses owned all the newspapers, they owned the book publishing company. So if you're a young writer, you have to get an agent, you need a Harvey Weinstein, okay? You have to kiss up to him, and then you get to be a star. So we consolidated power. Well, when the internet came, I wrote an interesting book, I don't have it here, called Arts and the Internet, The Guide to the Revolution. I was like, wow, you know, I do a lot of artwork, a lot of my friends are artists, and I said, wow, the internet will eliminate gatekeepers, we can all go direct. We're all building our own little web pages. Well, what actually happened? Well, you had two major, three, five major people control the internet right now. You have the Zuckerbergs, you have the Googles, and you have the three major telco companies. So whenever technology comes, we think there's going to be freedom, but as long as there's this global elite, they consolidate power. So as time has gone on, it's easier to consolidate power, Jim. It's easier. Before you had many little kingdoms, right? People can travel around, right? But now we can travel around at the speed of light through the internet, through all sorts of vehicles. So the elite have also become more and more consolidated. And the people no longer are nationalist people. Warren Buffett doesn't give a damn about the United States. He invests everywhere. The Clintons and the Gates don't give a damn about you, the American worker. They invest everywhere. They'll invest anywhere. So you've seen the consolidation of power at a enormous, particularly in the last 20 years. You can go look at the number of billionaires and probably trillionaires that have been generated. You have enormous consolidation of power. So you should not be that surprised. In fact, I find it that you're surprised that they're that um, you know that you know it's it's quite interesting 
that what we're seeing here, this was well-planned, well-executed consolidation of power. And look, the guy that's behind this that's interesting is Bill Gates, who, by the way, didn't write DOS, didn't invent DOS, bought it from someone else and flipped it, but he does understand software to the extent whenever, you know, whenever I create software, you go through three phases of release. Alpha phase, where you do an initial test. Beta phase, you get more people to use it. And then gold, where you release it. So you go through testing. You see how people react. Do they like your product or not? Well, the event 2001, 201, whatever that, you could argue that was like an alpha release, right? Testing with people's psychology. Is this a beta release or a gold release? I don't know, but I can tell you the dynamics of this is a global opportunity to enforce, as I put in my first tweet, and that tweet will probably end up as a very, very important historic tweet because it said that as a P MIT PhD in biological engineering, what we're witnessing right now is one of the biggest fear-mongering hoaxes that will destroy economies, to manipulate economies, to suppress dissent, and to impose mandated medicine. That's what this is about. Now, the mainstream media doesn't probably—they know exactly what I'm talking about because they're part of it. They're part of that collusion, as though vaccines have no safety issues. Well, they do. In fact, there's no safety standards done on vaccines because they're a biologic. They don't even have to go through pharmaceutical testing. Now, most of the fools in mainstream media don't even know this because they don't even know the regulatory framework of the FDA. So you have ignorance and you have people being taken advantage of, and that's what you have, but it comes down to a fundamental ignorance of science. And that's what Fauci's banking on. Trump was able to make it through the Russian collusion, okay? Because he could play his, he could do his thing. He could do his thing with impeachment. But this thing, he's surrounded by people where he doesn't have the, the tool chest, right? He doesn't have the chops. He has some gut instincts on this, okay? He, he knows something doesn't smell right, but this isn't a different playing field. And that's why, you know, a guy like me, that's why all these things are going so viral. This is why you called me. This is why I'm getting 5,000, 6,000 messages. This is why I'm getting almost 400 interview requests because people want answers and they know that things are not adding up. Well, let's be very clear, please, about what you're asserting regarding this virus. Are you suggesting that this was made up, that this was created in order to create an excuse for the deep state to take over? Well, what I'm arguing is, and it's not even an argument, let's just look at the facts. Let's just do a simple, simple uh, data analysis. Let's apply some math, which people have forgotten in this country because of this whole thing that everything is a right answer. Let's just apply some simple math. When H1N1 took place, how many million people got it? About 62 million people, if I don't know, right? 17% of the US population. How many people died from it? About 60,000 people, am I right? Okay. Was there a shutdown call? That's worldwide, right? No, in the United States. US? Yeah, much more worldwide. How many people in the United States how many people in the United States, how many shutdowns were called here? Did we call a global pandemic? Did we shut down the United States economy? Did we? Not at all, that okay. I can recall. So, so you can just put those numbers here and just look at them as, as a scientist. Okay, this event took place. It was an infectious disease. It was something that was spreading. It was something that was lethal. So many people died. Now look over here. We have something that has a higher infectivity rate. We don't have anywhere near the number of deaths. And more importantly, right now, we're seeing a decline in so-called the flu, the pneumonia, 
a linear decline, and an increase in so-called COVID, uh, COVID infected and people dying, okay? It's almost like one is cannibalizing the other. Again, everyone should go look at the data. The problem is in this case, we, don't, we can't even trust the data because they're using polymerase chase, uh, chain reaction experiments, which, are, which they're looking for a little piece of a nucleotide. It's like they call them virus hunters. They call them bacterial hunters. They're like trying to find something to pin, pin the crime on somebody. And this has been the history of the scientific, biological, medical establishment for far too long. They've been trying to always pin some disease, including cancer, on retroviruses. Every disease is a virus. AIDS is a virus. Why? Because when you pin it on a virus, you create enough fear. You know, you ever heard of how IBM used to sell? Do you know the IBM selling model, Jim? No. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. So when IBM went to a customer, they'd say, well, look, we're big blue. Are you going to buy from that small guy over there? What about when your computer fails? We're going to be here for you. Is he ever going to be in business? Uncertainty. Can you trust him? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It's a selling methodology. Pharma uses FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. In fact, it's taught in business school. All right? So what you're seeing here, and this is not something that's even conspiracy. This is, and if you're, you're frankly stupid if you don't understand this. It, fear, uncertainty, and doubt is a selling methodology. And pharma is the masters of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Masters of it. Watch every commercial prime time. They follow that formula. And finally, they reach to a beautiful utopia where you've taken this drug and it's healed you. So that is a foundational model of this. So when you look at this virus, you tell me what is fundamentally different about this virus and H1N1 in terms of the catastrophic numbers. And the answer is, this is actually uh, not as worse, okay? And then, so then, the other thing is, well, this could be a bioweapon, right? This could be a bioweapon. Well, okay. So what are we supposed to do, get even more scared now? You see, that's almost to add gravitas to a virus. When let me tell you that the fundamental issues, we have billions, we've been, our immune system has been around for billions of years, billions. Just think about that. And that immune system, the evolution it's gone through, has been to create a, what's called a resilient system. If you again study engineering systems, which biologists don't, you'll find one of the core features of systems is resilience. You build a bridge. A bad bridge will fall apart if a wind comes. A good bridge can take a wave, right? It can handle it. Skyscrapers, they don't build them stiff anymore. They build them to take a little, that's called resilience. They can take a hit and get stronger. So our bodies are built to have resilience. Now the people who weaken their bodies, and we can go through the reasons, they have non-resilient systems and they'll crack. And by the way, all these people that are dying, well frankly, many of them are gonna die anyway the way they were living. So let's talk about that. But we don't wanna talk about that. We wanna assume as though, wow, this virus is killing everyone. No, it isn't. It's killing the people that are elderly as they age, their immune system is weakened. It's killing those who were smokers. It's killing those people who had very compromised immune systems. And on top of it, idiots like Fauci, the model of social distancing all day long, creates social isolation. We just have a wonderful family friend, okay? My friend calls me, he goes, Shiva, my wife has relapsed after 40 years. 40 years she's relapsed into serious depression. 40 years ago she was on Prozac. He goes, I gotta put my wife back on it. I go, what's going on? He goes, she can't go out and swim anymore. She's such an extrovert. She can't play mahjong with her friends. Social isolation. 
The detriment of social isolation destroys the immune system. It creates viral infection. So let's step back, including all of you guys that want to talk, let's have a real conversation. And let's elevate this conversation beyond the fraudulent, fake science conversation that the mainstream media wants to have. Let's talk about the immune system. Let's talk about real science. Let's start educating people about science because for far too, do you know in China, you know who are, who's on billboards in China? Scientists, engineers. We put stupid people on billboards like George Clooney and Lady Gaga and idiots. So just to be clear so that the audience knows, because again, you've been blowing up in some conspiracy websites and so on, you're not saying the virus is not real. And you're saying that, yeah, most likely it came out of um, uh, Wuhan. And no, I'm not even saying that. I'm not. No, so don't. No, no, I'm not saying that, Jim. I'm saying, yeah, there's a virus. Okay, there's a virus. And, and just be clear, where do you think it came from? I just want to kind of establish what. You well, mean. I, you know, I, you know, one research says that it came out of Wuhan. There's other people out there who are saying the first 13 out of the 41 don't match. I've heard people say it came out of Fort Detrick. All of that's irrelevant. This is okay. all. This is it, all. How do we respond to it? I, 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 I understand that. No, and, no, and no. This is this is all nonsense. This is all playing on people's psychology. But, but let me let me suggest the, the biggest hotspot that most people wear. China, who knows really what happened in China because you can't trust anything that China says. But Italy had had what appears to have been a serious crisis and it appeared to be worse than anything we'd seen. How many before. people died? Before you go there, you're you're making up assertions that are not true. I'm sorry to. I just want to level. How many people died of flu over the last two years in Italy? I don't have that. About twenty-two to forty thousand people. Do you want to go to an Italian hospital? Friends of mine, when I've worked with at MIT, very nice people. You don't want to end up, Jim, in an Italian hospital. They are totally corrupt. Their level of corruption in Italy is, and it shows up in the healthcare system. So let's just step back and understand context. Let's understand some systems. The healthcare system in Italy is a state-owned socialist top-down model, which is completely devoid of any human interaction and bedside manners. You do not want to end up in an Italian hospital. I repeat that a thousand times. The, and 38% of the people who go to Italian hospitals are elderly people who have pre-existing conditions. Some guy comes with a chest pain. By the way, they have two codes that the WHO came. One was COVID-19 positive. The other is, well, anything that sounds like COVID. Okay? The number of people that are dying right now in Italian hospitals, go look at last year how many people died from flu. Well, so, but they didn't shut down the country at that time. So people would argue that had they not shut down the country, it would have been far, far worse. So if this is sounds like a good sounds flu, like a, sounds like a great way to protect yourself, right? Pardon me? Sounds like a great way to protect yourself, right? Let well, me let me would argue, and this is what I want you to challenge, that if they had not done that the well, hospitals would have been overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed as it was, and the only option they had, they felt, was to force people to stay at home. Uh, otherwise, their hospitals would have been overwhelmed. Okay, so let's look at how many people came to the hospitals last year and how overwhelmed they were there last year. And you'll find out that an order of magnitude of people died the, over the last two years. Just look at the numbers. Okay, so why was it in the news this year? How come we didn't well, hear about well, it last year? So let's talk about that. Um, what was going on in Italy? What is going on in the Italian political? What was going on 30? Let, let's just sort of step back and look at over the last six months. What's been going on globally? 
let's go six months ago before we very nicely all put on little, you know, uh, what, what are those blinders? What was going on six months ago globally throughout the world? Um, what, what, what was going on in France? Huh? Michael's going to help me answer your question. What was going on in France? I mean, you know, what was going on in France? By the way, I'm going to point oh, over here. Oh, you're saying pop populist movements. Is yeah. that what you're suggesting? Well, yeah. What was going on in France and place like there's There's massive protests taking place. It's the, Everyone seems to have forgotten this. Massive protests on the streets in France. What was going on in... It's not uncommon, though. Huh? They, they have, uh, France has major labor strikes all the time. Not like the ones that they were going on. Not like okay. I've been to France. Not like the ones that were going on then. The yellow jackets everywhere. What was going on in Hong Kong? Protesting uh, millions, China. not millions. What was going on in Wuhan itself in June of uh, 2019? No idea. Massive anti-pollution protests by the people of China against their own government. China has been burning, building incinerator plants all over China. Because of the Paris Accords, they can pollute the hell out of their country even more. So there were pollution protests in Wuhan. You know what happens when you protest in China, right? You get thrown away, you get jailed, etc. In China itself, there were massive pollution protests. Massive. 10,000 people in Wuhan. It all disappeared. Venezuela, massive protests. South Africa, Massive. Pro I can keep going on and on and on. I mean, if you just did a little film, you would see masses, not like 10,000. I'm talking about millions of people taking to the street. Puerto Rico, remember that? Okay. So this is, this is government's way of being able to quell the people, well, put them away in their homes to, to tamp down the social unrest. Well, you have to understand, there's been an anti-establishment movement and two, two leaders got elected who were populist leaders in two of the biggest democracies. Where was that? In the United States, Donald Trump, and in India, Narendra Modi. Narendra Modi was the first prime minister to win from a dynasty of, of the Gandhi family. And the Gandhi family is one of the most corrupt families in India. Modi came bottoms up. So just step back and look at history. Globally, there was a movement of people coming bottoms up for truth and freedom. Less than six months ago, all over the world, mass protests, Brexit took just place. So you're talking about events taking place that were against the establishment. And we need to understand that. And if, if you got to really understand, you can't just look at this little snapshot. Oh my God, coronavirus. Step back. Take your lens back. Do a little Google zoom out. And what you will see is massive anti-establishment movements taking place throughout the world. And two leaders of the two of the democratic countries who were not supposed to get elected, Modi got elected in a landslide in India. The Gandhi family never thought he was gonna win. And Trump also beat the, the Clinton establishment. That's what occurred. Now in the context of that, do you, not, do you think that those people in power would take this lying down? No. They have been wanting to seize power back because they saw either through suffrage, through uh, uh, votes, people were starting to rise up, or they saw through these populist movements that were taking place. And that is how changes always come. 
So that is not something that's a harbinger for good for those people in power. I'm talking about the global elites. So that all that was six months. Where is Hong Kong? Where are all those people? What happened to them? Where did all these people go? Did they just disappear? I, I mean, I really like to know what happened to them. But these same governments that you're saying that the deep state or whoever fears, they're the same governments that shut everything down. So Boris Johnson in UK shut down his country. Donald Trump in America shut down his country. Uh, I don't know what they did in India. I presume that was shut down. So why are yeah. these leaders well, 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 so now, their own movements? Right, but, but do you acknowledge that there were massive movements of dissension taking place globally? I'm, I'm not talking about simple. I'm talking about massive. And, and well, I, I mean, look, all times have movements. No, not like, when was, when, when was the last time Hong Kong went like that? Never. That's not true. When was a Modi ever elected in India? Not true. Since 1947, it's been the Gandhi families. Nehru, then Indira Gandhi, then, then you know, Rajiv Gandhi, then the wife. I mean, this has been a dynasty. So, so Trump, but Trump is someone who calls out the deep state all the time. How come he's not smart enough to figure out what you're talking about right now, and why is he falling for this? I just told you, this is a very tough problem because we're talking about science. We're talking about something that perhaps only a guy like me at this moment in history can speak to because of my background and a unique position that life has placed me in. Um, how many people in the scientific establishment are going to talk. I mean, I have friends of mine at MIT who've told me, Shiva, everything you're saying is right, but I'm not going to say anything. Okay? Why? How many people knew before, I think there was that movie called The Big Short. Remember that one? Where the Wall Street all crashed? People knew what they were doing was going to crash the economy, but not everyone keeps their mouth shut. And this is something that you shouldn't be surprised at because people are making money on this. People are making money in biological sciences where they keep purporting that everything is a virus. Every, you know, it, this is this infectious disease model. So that arc you have to understand and you have, people need to get over their naivete. And I think people are, I, I, you know, I don't think we really need to continue this discussion if we don't have a fundamental understanding that people with common sense, and this is why I have great hope. People who work with their hands, the plumbers, the electricians that I know that follow our campaign, they already get it. The people who don't get it are the vulnerable, educated elites who are part of the mainstream media. They're the stupid people because they're the ones indoctrinated to think, oh, Fauci knows what he's talking about. No, Fauci doesn't. Fauci's the one who created the HIV causality to AIDS. Complete lie. HIV does not cause AIDS. It doesn't fulfill Koch's hypothesis, postulates. Untrue. They created a whole pandemic based on that. That was his first rodeo. And I'll do a whole video on this. If we go down to the science, you'll find out that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. But AIDS was promoted. You had Bono speaking about it. You know, big concerts. Fauci's out there. Elton John, all these people. And if you said anything against it, you were seen as anti-gay or something. HIV doesn't cause AIDS. That made Peter Duisberg, one of the most eminent scientists, the youngest guy to get tenure at Berkeley, one of the youngest people in the National Academy of Sciences, one of the best NIH researchers, uh, NIH grant researchers, when he exposed this, he was vilified. Kerry Mullis was vilified who won the Nobel Prize in chemistry. People need to understand that you think that Fauci's a good guy. You think that these people are in it for the noble duty of science. They're not. That fell off a long time ago, man. In 1970, through the Mansfield Amendment, that went away. Science became a pay-to-play game. And the really good scientists got thrown out. What got 
what resulted was always uh, coming to the mean, mediocrity in science. That's what took place. So this is something very fundamental. And what we're witnessing right here is something that's been going on for 40 years. And now it's all coming together. The corruption of the scientific establishment, the corruption of the medical establishment, the corruption of pharma. And it's all aimed against you and you and you and, and the American worker. Because we keep forgetting that we think slavery is over. We think, you know, 200 years ago, there were people like King George who thought he's connected to God and you and I are slaves. So this notion is what we've forgotten because people don't study history anymore. But if you really study history and you really study science and math, you'll find out what's going on now has occurred before in history. We're just coming to it in a much more momentous way. Let me ask you something. Is Fauci just a victim of all of what you just described like the rest of us? I know. Or is he well, well, you're is asking... He, well, no, does does yeah, he yeah. know that what he's proposing is wrong, and, but he's doing it anyway? Well, it's, it's a little more... It's not... Um, look... You ever been in a fraternity? You ever been in a club? You ever have your own company? I was a proud member of Sigma Chi fraternity. Okay, so I belong to, okay. So when you're in a fraternity or join a club, you know, there's sort of an implicit understanding, right? Hey, that guy doesn't really fit here anymore, you know? It's not direct, it's more implicit. You follow what I'm saying? Um, oh yeah. Okay, we all hang around these social circles. Hey, Bob is now supporting Trump. Hmm, let's not invite him anymore to our parties anymore. You follow? Or, well, wait a minute, Bill is hanging around with that girl. We don't really like her. You see, it's much more implicit, okay? this Now, take this on a higher level. So this is not like, oh, we are the deep state. And, you know, there's an implicit understanding because everyone has connections. Everyone, you know, does business with each other. They all hang out at the same parties. It's one incestuous clan. They're all friends with Jeffrey Epstein. They all know Harvey Weinstein. You follow what I'm saying? It's a clan. And it's not like this conspiracy. It's more uh, a plutocracy that understands what their needs are. And like an immune system, they spit out people who don't fit their narrative. Okay? So that's what this is really about. So Fauci is part of an academic model that really started after World War II, which was about creating big scientific establishment, denying that innovation and science could occur in the edges, which is, by the way, what made this country great people tinkering in their little labs, finding stuff, discovering stuff. It became big science, big medicine, big academia. And the evolution of that started in 1944, leading all the way up until uh, today. Uh, and really, the big inflection point was 1970 with the Mansfield Amendment. And so that really consolidated power in science. And as a part of that consolidation of power, you had the creation of administrators, not scientists, scientific administrators, okay? Not people who knew the science, but people who could wheedle their way through, Jim. People who could manage their way into the halls of scientific establishment. That's why uh, Henry Kissinger said, if you want to learn how to be a politician, go to academia. All right? Because that's how you learn to backstab people. That's how you learn to manipulate. That's Fauci's legacy. Because if you want to make it in academia, you have to get tenure. And in order to get tenure, you have to kiss ass to everyone else around you to say, oh yeah, Jim's a good guy, Jim's a good guy, Jim's a good guy, you have to ask kiss. And enough ass kissing gets you citations on papers, so when it comes to your seven-year tenure review, everyone's saying, oh yeah, Jim's a good guy, and then you're part of the club. But if you do truly innovative research, you're never gonna be in that club. It's not part of the system anymore. And this is something fundamental. So when you ask who is Fauci, he's part of a system. So when I said fire Fauci, 
I'm sending a signal. By firing him, we're sending a signal that we figured stuff out. Because the noble duty of science to tell the truth has been diminished year over year over year over year. I went into science to understand truth. I went into the love of it. When I created the first email system in 1978 as a kid in Newark, New Jersey, it wasn't about making money. It was about, wow, could we do that? Could we take the inner office mail system and make it the electronic version? That's where innovation comes from. It doesn't come top down. Have systems biologists been welcomed into the community? Systems bi well, there's a great paper written uh, in, in 2017 which says that we need to revamp immunology. It's called systems immunology. All right? The modern science of the immune system is literally 50 to 150 years old. Period. And this is documented. So what Fauci's talking about, the science he's talking about, he should go back to 1915. Period. They don't. He, he just doesn't know what you know. Is that fair to say? He knows what I. He may know what I'm not saying is true, but it doesn't meet his objectives to accept the truth I'm saying. Because the goal here is he's part of a clique. I mean, you see him hanging around Bill Gates. You see him hanging around with Hillary Clinton. He wants to be. I think he said, "Oh, it was so great that Bono was in my house hanging out with him." You see, these guys are little dweebs who are little nerds who get all excited there, you know, I don't want to use this word. When I used to be out in Hollywood, they used to call them star effers, okay? He's part of that, you know? And uh, I don't know him personally, but I can tell you is that we live in a world right now where a small set of people do control science. Fauci and Francis Collins, director of the NIH, do you know they could literally destroy the lives of any academic right now? any one of them. No one's going to say anything against them. Not one. That's why no one said anything against Harvey Weinstein for so long. Yeah. He controlled the lives of many actors. Well, we, we feel we exposed some serious peer pressure in the medical community when it came to the issue of transgender and how the LGBT activists have taken, hijacked major American medical uh, institutions. And basically, you have to believe born this way or you're ostracized. So I totally get what you're saying. Let, let, let's say, if you, if you could, to Bill Gates. Um, is, is Bill Gates, um, does he have a good heart? Is his heart in the right place? I don't know. Place? You're asking me questions that I'm not the person to judge here. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a judgment of people's hearts. I'm a scientist. Uh, Do you, yeah. But you believe that he's up to, that he has ulterior motives other than the health of the world's population, Bill Gates? Well, I can just look at what his actions are. His actions are he started Gavi, G-A-V-I, which he put about a billion dollars into, which is a vaccine alliance. He funded the gate, and these are just facts. Let's just go to facts. And, and the Gavi is a vaccine alliance, which, which supports the uh, SDG, the Sustainable Development Goals 3 of the UN. This is just a fact. And those Sustainable Development Goals are to create what they purport to be a utopia, gender equality of all genders, uh, eliminate poverty. I mean, go down the list, this utopia fact, SDG 3, and those 17 sustainable development goals, according to the IA 2030 fact, say that the only way to get there, Jim, is that you must, you must, okay? The only way to get there, for people on Instagram, I'm just going to uh, juice you in here so I don't lose you. Uh, the only way to get there for the sustainable development goals is by immunizing everyone. Immunization for all. That thesis is supported by the International Pharmaceutical Manufacturers Federation, 
which is comp which the executive leadership of that is the three major pharma companies. These are just facts, and this is not you know. What's fascinating is <laughs> uh, to even call this a conspiracy. We're just going down fact after fact after fact after fact. This is just global capitalism on a much larger scale, where it's truly global, consolidated global capitalism. It's no longer you know your 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 local you know. Um, General Motors in the United States, you're talking about big pharma at the world level trying to control all of it because pharmaceutical industry is burning down. They're not making money. They're losing money. They're not getting their drugs allowed. They have lawsuits against them. Their future is vaccines. And if they could mandate it, mandate it, how powerful would that be? Scare enough people, mandate it so your neighbor says, hey, Jim is not vaccinated. You know, Jim needs to get vaccinated. So this is What's, what I find interesting is that we're allowing the mainstream media, we're allowing very, very, um, uh, you know, toddlers who write these articles to control the narrative and call people conspiracy theorists, etc. That's why they need to be called out. We need to, you should call up, you know, uh, some of these people write articles and say, hey, why are you calling Dr. Shiva anti-vaccine? Where'd you get that? Why are you not acknowledging that he has four degrees from MIT? Are you a racist? Is it, do you not want to see a dark-skinned Indian guy? Um, do, you not, do you not want to give him his accolades, his deserved accolades? That's what you should be calling. We should have those people on here, Jim. We should go interview all those people. What, what is your position on vaccines? Are you okay with some, say the polio vaccine? Well, what do you think a vaccine is? Let me, let, you're asking me these questions, so let's understand, let's get over what a vaccine I'm is. I'm hoping you're going to tell us, because I'm, I'm no doctor, I could take a stab at it. Well, if you, if well, you... I mean, one second here. The, the goal here is to really understand what we're talking about, right? Um, what is a vaccine? Well, the concept of vaccines, of immunizing people, okay, by introducing them to a exogenous pathogen, let's say you have chickenpox, in the old days, people would literally bring you over to my house and I would get chickenpox with you. Do you remember that? Chickenpox parties, okay, or measles parties. That was done because people, this goes back to a long tradition in villages, um, in China, if someone got some disease, you know, some pus, or for, in fact, they would literally take that pus and shoot it up people's nose. In villages, in India and other places, if a horse, I mean, I can show you the picture, literally shooting it up people's nose. The notion of we lived in, let's say, a village where everyone had a horse and everyone had to farm. The notion of exposing people to disease, so you accelerated the immune system, has been well known for thousands of years. Well known. So that's well known. And this was all under one assumption that the immune system was strong, okay? You have a strong immune system. I have a, why did I expose you to it? Washington, in fact, used a technique called variolation brought to the United States by an African slave, which was when, if you had a disease, they would make a small abrasion on your, on your arm and then add to it the disease. You can look it up, variolation, and so you got it, you accelerated it. So Washington used that technique to inoculate 40,000 troops for smallpox. This is basically like sneezing on people, okay? Giving them it so they could build the immunity. You follow? In mass. It also had an economic goal, right? You can call your building what's called immunity. So this has been well known. Now, the difference with a vaccine, what's the difference there? What's the fundamental difference between what I just told you, Jim? The fundamental difference is 
you have what's called an innate immune system. You see your immune system in your eyes, your nose, your throat. When I sneeze on you, it's hitting all your innate immune system. Your body then takes on the innate immunity. It sends out these beautiful macrophages, okay? It turns itself on. Then it goes through a series of processes at the bloodstream level, okay? Now, when you try to mimic that in nature by taking a deadened form of that virus, which is what polio was, and it wasn't working. So then what they said, oh, we gotta add some thir uh, mercury, we gotta add some other stuff to create that same mimic, that same effect of the infection. So that mimicking process, what they're trying to mimic is a standard immunity process, you follow? That immunization process is what, um, what we should be going through. That's a good thing, okay? Now, when you try to mimic nature, which is what a vaccine tries to do, you follow me? Vaccine is trying to mimic this natural process. Well, it may work in some cases and it may not work in some cases because some people may be highly, highly allergic to the adjuvants that you put into that deadened virus, like mercury, aluminum, these things have not been in the body before. So let's define what a vaccine is. A vaccine is an attempt to create natural immunity through an artificial means. So my position on this, again, I'm a systems biologist, one size doesn't fit all. If you take a child who's been brought up in a laboratory environment, right, where everyone keeps a child in a pristine home, he never gets to play with pig pen next door, okay, the kid who's dirty. Well, that kid may, may need to be titrated some vaccines or something like that. Otherwise, if he goes out, he's probably gonna die of the allergic, because his body's never become resilient. The other extreme is you could have a kid who grew up in slums all day, okay? Always being attacked, attacked, attacked by his immune system may be compromised in a different way. He probably needs to get out of those slums, he probably has a lot, and he needs to chill out. But the point is, it's on a spectrum. And the, the way to really address this problem is not by one size fits all. It should be decentralized. If you're my doctor, you and I decide what I need. Hey, Shiva's got a pretty resilient immune system. You know, Why am I giving 30 different vaccines to a one day old kid? Why is a one day old kid getting hepatitis 1B vaccine the day he's born, which is what we give IV drug users and prostitutes? Why is that? Why is there 30 vaccines and 70 doses and another 120 vaccines coming down the pipeline? These are just questions of science. This is not vax or anti-vax, but the morons in the media, I hope they're listening, is this is what they do because they're really stupid and they always wanna create a dialectic. They can't take a systems approach. They can't do math. They can't do engineering. They can't do physics. They're dumb. And they have a bunch of dumb people promoting other dumb people. And this is why we're in this situation. We have a lot of dumb people who didn't do their homework, who didn't stay awake and bust their, you know, bust their behinds, or no one really told them, hey, look, do your homework, do your math, do your engineering. Because if they did, plumbers do that. See, all my plumbers friends, I go, this whole thing is nonsense. Electricians get it. Surgeons, we've had hundreds of surgeons call me. They say, Shiva, this whole thing is bullshit. The people who don't get it, are the people who never did science, math, physics, never had to fix anything. And that's why we're, frankly, gonna be in good condition because at least 50% of the world is still people uh, who work with their hands and build stuff. Yeah, it does seem to me that the shutdown has come out of ignorance. You know, it, this came out of left field for most people. Nobody was talking about pandemics. 
suddenly it's here. It's like 9-11. Nobody was expecting 9-11. And people panic and overreact. And we've panicked and overreacted because we weren't expecting it, planning for it. We don't know what it is. It's scary. No one has, very few people have your level of education. And well, so that's one of the, one believe of the things that staying home is the best plan. Well, that's why if you look, you know, I've been doing health since I was a four-year-old kid. I was a, at the age of 14, I was a full-time research fellow. Okay, Think that about makes you that. Un unique compared to the No, population. I've been interested in health and well-being since I was a kid. This has been a passion of mine. And I was a pretty smart guy, but I also played baseball and, you know, I wasn't just a nerd. So you're looking at someone who the people in the mainstream media do not know what to do with because most of them are frankly cannot comprehend that someone like me who really uh, loves sports, who loves things, who could program, who could mow lawns exists. But, but by the way, that's what this country was made of. This country is made up of extraordinary people who could do many things. And in fact, a lot of the people come to our campaign for US Senate are quite extraordinary. They're working people. We've created a bunch of dumb idiots who run the media and those people cannot comprehend that smart people exist. They can't comprehend hardworking people exist. So I've been involved in health and interest in health since I was a 14-year-old kid. I wrote my first paper and published it as an 18-year-old kid. Okay? So you, you agree that people, the, 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 the population in general, should have been much better educated about pandemics, viruses, vaccines, well, immunity, etc. We were, we were a dumb yeah. population and therefore going along with staying at home because we don't know any better. There should have been better education. Definitely. But what right now, what's unfortunate is that not one person in the mainstream media, that's why it's great watching this because our stuff is going viral all over the world and the mainstream media doesn't know what to do with me. They don't know what to do with me. And it's, it's really cool to watch because we don't need them anymore. We're gonna make them irrelevant. This pandemic and the content that I'm putting out is gonna make the mainstream media irrelevant because we are teaching something that Fauci should be doing using that podium that he has. He should be talking about the power of vitamin C. He should be talking about IV vitamin C does work. He should be talking about the power of vitamin D. He should be talking about the power of vitamin A. He's not. And that's why when I put my content out, everyone's saying, wait a minute, here's an MIT guy who's got all these degrees, is published, is a scientist. He's talking something that this guy isn't. Blah, you know, what the hell's going on? So I'm showing the contradiction. Now, whether Trump gets it or not, look, I voted for him. That's up to him. I can't control him. But I will keep doing our thing, and we're building a movement for truth, freedom, and health. That's why I'm running for U.S. Senate. And I, I just want to, I have a couple minutes left, but the reason our campaign for U.S. Senate is so powerful and the reason it's explosively taking off is that because we're addressing a huge, huge, huge vacuum, which is about the oppression of freedom that's taken place in this country over the last 40 years. No free speech, no debate, moving away from the scientific method to scientific consensus. And, and the complete denigration of science, the complete corruption of science, which leads to lies, which leads to fake histories and fake science. And then because of that, you create fake problems and fake solutions. We have 700,000 people die of heart disease, number one cause of death. Number two is cancer. Well, you know what number three is? 
Number three cause of heart disease, okay? Number three cause of heart disease, I gotta start this up again, is um, number three cause is cancer. I'm mean, sorry, number three cause is medical errors. Medical errors. Number fourth is pharmaceutical drug errors, okay? Pharmaceutical drugs, prescription drugs. 1.9 million people get hospitalized due to prescription drugs in the United States. I don't see anything being called for that. 30% obesity in this country. 54% of the kids have autoimmune disorders. So do you understand how vile this is, what's going on? We haven't, why don't we shut down the entire economy for the fact that people are getting heart disease? And maybe we should. Why aren't we talking about the fact of the enormous amount of obesity that's taking place? Opioid addiction. Opioid addiction. Why aren't we talking about that? And the reason we're not is because these filthy lawyer lobbyist politicians, filthy people, 60% of them in Congress, in the Senate, they have destroyed the infrastructure in this country. And infrastructure is how we solve infectious diseases, right? In the 19, if go look at 1900, I'll keep repeating this, in 1900s, 14 out of 40 out of 100,000 people had infectious diseases. Before, long before the polio virus, long before measles, it got, we reduced 90 to 98% of infectious diseases. How? Vitamin A, nutrition, eliminating child labor, sanitation, refrigeration. And how did that come? Because people like you and me and others listening here, we fought militantly on the streets in the late 1800s. Working class movements, bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up. Not some booby Kennedy coming down, okay? Not some Kennedys, you know, talking, fighting against Gates, acting as though they're fighters, and then meanwhile supporting Hillary Clinton. It was a bottoms up movement. And that bottoms up movement is what gave us infrastructure. Today in the United States, we have a D plus in infrastructure. We have the highest infant mortality rates in the Western world and the lowest longevity rates. Give me a freaking break. I, I can't take this freaking thing. Over the past five years. What's that? I can't take this seriously. No. I have to ask you one last question before yes. I let you go. And that is bottom line, if you're in charge, what would you be doing right now as far as re, uh, eliminating the shutdown? It, people can go back to restaurants. They can go to concerts. Well, they well, can go well to did, you, did you read the letter that I wrote to the president? Yes, I Let did. It said that if you have it, you have to self-quarantine. And then four, I know you highly is recommended a four part, vitamins. Four, go ahead. Yeah, four-part plan. Go ahead. And that plan, Jim, was based on the modern science of systems biology, which said personalized precision medicine. One size doesn't fit all. So it's, these are the latest findings. And that said, number one, let's take all of those people who have COVD-19, okay, that's one group, and give them high dosage DNA. Why? Because D is an antimicrobial, A will protect their cell walls, boom. Second people are the immunocompromised, high dosage vitamin DNA and also vitamin C the critically ill who are about to be sent to their death sentence on these ventilators because their bodies are filling up with fluid, which is from the cytokine storm, for God's sake, put them on IV vitamin C right away. So at least you can stop that cytokine storm, stop the inflammation in their, in their body. Number, that's number three. Number four, for the broad mass of us, let's get back to work. Take the vitamin D, take the vitamin A, juice up your immune system, you make it some sniffles, your body will build some immune system, and we go. And any social distancing, in your opinion, for that group? No. Why do you need social distancing? So concerts are okay. We, we can go back to uh, Listen, ball game. Listen, if you have a strong immune system, okay, 
which is what we came out of. We as human beings came out of, have you been to Africa? We came out of dirt and, and we, primates, you know, we grew up with all sorts of junk, okay? So the goal is it's boosting the immune system. Why aren't we talking about that? And let me tell you why. Because when you go down that truth hole, not the other rabbit hole, you come to a truth which is food is medicine, vitamins are medicine, the other hole takes you down vaccines. It's very simple. They don't want to talk about this. Oh my God, I can hang out with my friends and my immune system could be strong. I don't know if you have a loved one or if you have a wife or a girlfriend, but how many times have you gotten a cold and your girlfriend doesn't get it? How many times does that happen? Right? Often. Often. Happens all the time, right? To people. Yeah. And the reason that happens is because um, we are differential. Everyone's different. Some pe- and by the way, it's not only antibodies, it's your microbiome, it's your gut. There's a, the immune system is a, is a complex system. It's not just any one thing. It's multiple things. So that's what you know, pe- Are those very high doses of vitamins that you're recommending? Those dosages are pediatric doses. Look it up, it's in the literature. For two days, those are pediatric doses. They, they, uh, the dosage of vitamin A and D, uh, they're given in pediatric doses, short period of time. You don't give them long period of time short period of time because what it does is it creates a massive immune response to support your body. So you're not suggesting that we stay on this, you're saying? No, no, no. After that, you people should typically go on, you know, a preventative dose, which I have in there, which is, you know, now in the ideal case, you don't really need this if you're getting enough sun, if you're eating your green leafy vegetables, which is where I like to get it. And I supplement, these are known as supplements. Well, we can't get any sun in Los Angeles because the mountains are closed, the beaches are closed, and the Pacific Ocean is closed. Yeah, but you know what's yeah, you know what's interesting. At least uh, you know what's interesting. They notice the homeless people uh, don't have anywhere near the amount of quote unquote coronavirus cases because you know, especially people out in California because they're out you know during nine months, eight months of the year at least getting lots and lots of sun even here. Right. So the sun is quite powerful. The UVB radiation produces vitamin D. And the vitamin D produces these antimicrobials called catholicidins. So, I hope Mayor Garcetti hears this. We'll do everything we can to make sure that he does. Well, the issue is it doesn't matter what these guys do. What needs to happen is people, we the people need to get educated. We need to get away from this model of top-down um, caring of our people. We, we the people need to take care of our health. We need to take health into our own hands. And we need to take it away from the top. It needs to be decentralized to the edges. Well, I assume you support these protests where people are starting to take to the streets to march against these government-ordered shutdowns. I support the First Amendment. People have a right to assemble. That's the American way. We're not in China. We're not in Russia. We're, we're, we, what made this country great, why my parents came here, was because the enormous freedom this, company, this country afforded. And that's what makes this country great. That's where innovation came from. And if you don't have that, you might as well just, you know, you might as well just, what does a long life mean if you don't have freedom? doesn't mean a lot. You're a slave. Give me freedom or give me death. Yeah, it pretty much says it all. Right. Dr. Shiva, appreciate your time. Thanks, Jim. Keep up the good work. Okay, be well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Are you all set? Dr. Shiva, you are a rock star. Okay, thank you. Be well. I am. I've watched. I've actually been listening to you for years. Um... I think the first time I ever heard you was on Alex Jones many, many years ago. Okay. And, uh, 
So I really appreciate you making time. I'm sorry we had a little snafu in the beginning. No, no worries. Um, I support your, your Senate run. Um, I'm an independent-leaning Republican, um, and I love seeing well, guys. I, 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 I'm, also, I'm actually finishing up this. So you, you know, let me, you know, I have, I'm streaming here, so if you want to save you. So anyway, we're finishing up the show. So everyone remember, uh, should understand I'm running for U.S. Senate. The Senate race we have here is really, really important because it's really a race for truth, freedom, and health. It's not just, uh, it's not about running for political office but we're building a movement. So our Senate race movement has really built momentum all over this country. And if I, if you go to my website, you guys may want to put this in, right on the website, we're encouraging people because we need to get on the ballot. We need another you know, five to 6,000 signatures. It's, we can't go out and collect signatures, which is what we were doing before. So what we're doing is we've created an electronic way. If people go to our website and they literally go down to get Dr. Shiva on the ballot, and they fill out this thing that says your signature will get Shiva on the ballot, they click on it, they get a form, and they fill out that form, and we're actually mailing the nomination ballot to them with all the stamped envelopes that, so they could fill it out and fill it in for us. So it's quite really a cool thing that we're doing to help people right now. Um, I will put on all of our social media, and hopefully we can uh, give you a little additional help. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So make sure you put shivaforsenate.com, my website, vashiva.com, as well as if you can get out there the fact that um, we also have a website called truthfreedomhealth.com that people can get on and and see all my videos so um, so that's one of the things people should be aware of but dr. Shiva uh, you know uh, on the ballot is is a page that people should go to in addition um, sorry everyone on Instagram I just ran out of juice sorry about that um, in, in addition You've been talking quite a while yeah, in addition, if people want to go to, um, we built a whole capability. You know, I talked a lot to uh, Jim about systems. If people go to a site called Your Body, Your System, that is a site that I created where we actually teach people how the body is a system. And if people want to go from our Senate's site, if anyone donates money to our uh, campaign, we actually give them something back as a part of their donation, a gift that we give them is the ability for them to understand how the body is a system. They literally can go to the donate page if they click on it and uh, uh, Michael, if they go there, there's a link there that gives them access to a very powerful book that took me many years to write, but very small book. They can read it, which teaches them systems thinking. It also then teaches them the ability to understand how the body is a system using a tool. And that system is called Your Body, Your System. Those people are out of the country they can go to right away to your body or system directly um, and they can literally go online and the book is online it's an ebook they can understand how what kind of system they have how their system is deviated from where it is the disturbance and how foods and exercise actually can bring your body back to you your own homeostasis and this okay. was this is the fundamentals of engineering systems and in fact this is the fu fundamentals of um, of Eastern systems of medicine. That's what I discovered after my PhD work. So anyway, I hope this helps anyone, but it's time that we all recognize that we have to build a movement bottoms up. It's gotta be bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up. For far too long, our heroes have come top down. You know, some celebrity, some son of some inheritance person, you know, some Kennedy, and as though they're the only ones who can liberate us. When it's absolutely not true, they're part of the establishment. We need our leaders to come bottoms up. 
Hey, man, brother. Okay. Dr. Shiva, I'm going to let you go because okay. I've got to start post-production on this. We are going okay. to have it live tomorrow. I will put all the links in there. And thank you so much for your time. Be and well. we appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. So let me stop here. So everyone, that was an interview I just did. I hope you guys are, uh, this is valuable. I'm trying to uh, create a lot of content so we get more and more information out there. But everyone listening, please go up to Shiva for Senate. Let your friends know. And uh, please, uh, I'm gonna go to YouTube. If people have some interesting ideas of any other kind of stuff they want me to do, any other videos, I, I wanna do a video tonight. Let's see, anyone have any ideas? What kind of video, what, what topic do you guys want me to cover tonight? Any interesting topics? Let's see. Um, what the fuck is Jim talking about? It's hilarious. Um, any topics? So the question is, um, uh, what, what, by the way, anyone on Instagram, we'll be putting up the entire video, what I just did up there. Let's see, what topics? Any topics? That's the question. What topics would you like me to cover? Um, it's 6.13 for this evening. Let's see. Okay, I'm listening. But anyway, to close this out, one of the most important things to understand is that the mainstream media, it's not even news. The way they're organized is they have the board of a company, they have the editors who report up to the board and have to kiss ass to keep their jobs, and they have these little minions called quote-unquote journalists who are young, um, very um, you know, servile people they get out of college. They tell them they're doing journalism, and these people basically are slaves, and they do the work, uh, they do the dirty work of people. So one of the things we're gonna start doing as a public service is we're gonna take a journalist, and we're gonna expose them fully, and we're gonna make them accountable for the nonsense that they're writing, on a personal level and on a professional level. So keep an eye out for our series called Fake Journalists, Fake Scientists, and Fake Historians. We're gonna go after all of them, because these people need their a, a serious bitter medicine so they could heal themselves. These people have unfortunately have a lot of parasites in them, because they themselves have become parasitic. Anyway, yes, expose fake news. That's what we're gonna do. And if you have ideas of people you want us to expose, let us know. But I'll see you again tonight. Be the light. Everyone have a good evening. I'll see you later. Thank you.